0: Blog Talk Radio. <whistles>
1: Marcos El Presidente. I am the guide of this ship, the pilot of this ship for the next two hours on loan from God to bring you through this crazy world of sports as we're still stranded on this uh, Corona Island. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe you're having your share of Corona. I don't know. Uh, But uh, with a lime perhaps. Uh, Did the beach find you? You know, uh, but it is serious. But I, I, think you know the world's not going to come to an end. We're going to come. We're going to come out on the other side of this. We do this thing called the Balance every Saturday morning. Welcome aboard. Uh, today uh, we are live in our home studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, high atop the Balance uh, Studios. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is our digits. We do continue our abbreviated show. We uh, next week though. Uh, when we do our official NFL uh, balance mock draft, we're going to kind of dabble in in that a little bit here today, but we'll do our, our uh, real uh, where it counts uh, mock draft. I mean, we just call today more of a practice run than anything. And then next week we'll get into the mock draft and it's just thank God for the NFL, right? You know, <laughs> uh, this time of year, we should be watching the Masters. We should be watching baseball. I should be watching my Cardinals. Uh, you know, we should be we should be watching the NBA, racing, just everything has come to a halt. So I I, I know I I uh, am right there with you. I have I have been here in my house for the last four weeks. Miscellaneous stuff uh, runs to. Uh, get supplies but other than that I'm I'm right here stuck in with you. Today Mo for the BS Sports Show is not going to be able to join this. Uh, he uh, was a last minute scratch there. He's not feeling well and uh, hopefully he gets to feeling better. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com uh, joins us. He's also our official NFL contributor. We're going to be uh, talking some pre draft stuff and uh, some news coming out of the NFL we're going to get into regarding Chris Johnson. Perhaps you've heard that story. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Uh, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, WSVT up at South Bend, joins us as well. Uh, at the last part of the show, and what we like to call our podcast overtime, but we're going to go ahead and extend that to a live time today, uh, because uh, you know we've been doing the, the one uh, the one hour shows and we're a two hour show, so uh, the the podcast overtime is not really going to be on the podcast. Well, it will be on the podcast. You know, the great thing. Let me promote selfless promotion. The what's going on with podcasts is you know uh what what our show is is the podcast i I know a lot i know a lot of people a lot of shows what they do is uh they um uh, take highlights and stuff and and create a podcast which is completely fine uh but our show is the podcast so if you miss us live and hopefully you are listening to us live and you, you just still download it go to uh uh itunes in apple podcast uh uh there tune in uh stitcher really anywhere that you can get a a major uh podcast platform those are the main ones that we're on just search the balance and we're right there and we always post everything up as well and then just hit subscribe so there you go uh but uh we're going we're going to just you know just keep plugging along and and uh, my name's Saul Marquezel presidente 917-885 Eight, nine, I don't even know our digits anymore. See, it's gotten to be that bad. 917-889-8516 is our digits. My name is Tom Marcusell, Presidente. This is The Balance. We'll be right back right here on The Balance Radio Network.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing.
3: Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh,
0: you lovely cow. Mm. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard.
4: I'm yelling!
0: makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives?
4: I'm not even upset
0: about anything! Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning,
4: Good morning guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What oh, is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! I know it's Linda from HR It looks hungry Save the children Save them Stay back I've got mates Oh, That went in my eyes We're moving It's called beauty sleep For a reason And there's never
2: been A better time to get some Get 20% off Ikea Sultan mattresses Ikea Love your home
5: You know back then I was a little baby
3: Sweet and greasy <laughs> Gotta love bread. I know. You know, there's sandwich bread over there oh, next yeah, to the coffee. Ice. Bread in the bathtub. Okay, that's gross to me. There's a lot I've
5: been feeling lately. Uh, why is there a hearse at my house? Night screams. The new fun of
0: the kids. Billet! Billet! My Billet! Billet, where are you, Billet? So I need to talk to you regarding money. I stomped on all the fun chunks. My grief has a scent like suffering.
1: A rusty navel. How to get rusty. Look at. All right. Welcome back to the balance. My name is Tom Marquis. El Presidente. April 11th, the day before Easter. This day in two thousand and ten, Phil Mickelson uh, wins the Masters. Man wouldn't we wish for watching the Masters? I, I love golf though. I, I tell you what. I, I, I could play golf twenty four seven if if I could. Obviously that that's not available right now, but man, it's just uh, I I know Masters doesn't always fall on an Easter weekend, but it's usually pretty close, but there's just something about you know, filling up on your Easter ham and sitting back watching some Masters—all uh, of those days will be back, I promise. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six. Mo from the BS Sports Show is feeling a little bit underneath the weather today, so he is not going to be able to join us. And hopefully, he gets to feeling better and nothing too serious. And uh, but yeah, hopefully we're on the on the back end of all of this because. I don't know about you. I'm about ready. I'm about ready, but uh, uh, doing all the um, everything virtual, everything virtual. And and I just saw where the NFL with the draft, and we're going to get into a little bit of our draft talk here in just a minute, but uh, I just saw where the NFL has decided to do um, uh, a full virtual uh, draft, so that's going to be weird, and the players uh will interact with the commissioner and the NFL uh, w- uh via uh like a FaceTime, a Zoom, uh, uh whatever mechanism that they're, that, that they're using that we've uh what's become the new norm for us, and so that's going to be interesting to do and to watch. And you know, we, we are getting ever so closer to the NFL draft, uh, I mean. It's, it's just right around the corner. It's coming up the week after next. So next week we'll do our official um, mock draft uh we'll have every all hands on deck I know Adam Jividin our Super Browns fan is going to join us Mo from bs Sports show is going to join us Dead Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, is going to join us and we'll see who else we can we can snag to help us with our mock draft we'll talk a little bit about the Colts and where do we think what they're going to do are they going to draft a quarterback or they're not going to draft a quarterback and uh, obviously uh Colts is our is our home team here uh, as we're based here in Indianapolis but that we touch on on, on everything uh, in the NFL during our mock draft. So you do not want to miss our mock draft special uh, coming up next week right here on the Balance Radio Network. Make sure you're also follow us on Twitter at T Balance uh, so that we can uh, uh, you can catch up on everything. We do we put uh, most of our our stuff during the week up on uh, Twitter. So really interesting story that came out this week. And I don't know how many of you guys uh, saw this or, or whatever, but TMZ uh, was the one who broke it. And, you know, it used to be, we say, well, you know, TMZ, how, how legit is it? But you know, TMZ has got it right more times than not, especially in the, in the world of sports. So I'm going to go on the side of credibility and then I, I've seen it through multiple other sources as well. Um, nfl's chris Johnson is accused of a murder for hire for shooting uh obviously he denies these allegations so in all fairness he's not been officially charged but you all might remember chris johnson he was one of the best running backs of all time unfortunately uh he he kind of got ran with the wrong crowd uh if you will uh but uh but he played with the the tennessee titans and uh so TMZ reported this, that ex-NFL star Chris Johnson is accused of uh, funding murder-for-hire shooting on that left to two men dead in 2016. Now, this is uh, according to uh, um, court documents that were obtained by TMZ Sports. Um, again, uh, Johnson has not been formally charged with a crime, and And admittedly, he denies the allegations, so all fairness to the fairness that goes. But officials are are clearly laying out their case here uh, against the running back, and uh, it's compelling stuff. Obviously, a former uh, Tennessee Titan uh, with the NFL. Long story short, though, officials believe that – Johnson re- rewarded a gang member with cash after the guy allegedly killed the two men who were suspected of getting down uh, Johnson's friend back in 2015. So the backstory is this. Johnson nearly died in the shooting in Orlando back in March 8, 2015. Uh, and uh, when Orange County Sheriff officials say someone – open fired on a jeep that chris uh was in around 4 a.m i'm always saying nothing good happens after midnight well this is just another case of that and it's unfortunate because you know people like this chris johnson and have so much uh potential and money and talent and the ability to rise up and above and get out from underneath uh the elements of society that may weigh them down. I'm not judging. I'm just saying when you make that break, make that break. And if, if, uh, uh, you know, I, I understand, but when you, when, when you make a decision to make bad life choices, and then you are, have an opportunity to change those life choices, man, just do it. Just do it. All right. But anyway, Johnson suffered a, a bullet wound to his shoulder. He di- he did recover fully. Uh uh but the driver of the vehicle, his friend um I think his name was Derrickus, uh Johnson, I think I, I I'm getting I'm going on my, on memory, but he did not uh survive the attack and and uh according to new court docs again released by TMZ, so um but I have seen a lot of this in in other in other sources as well that um Law enforcement say uh, intelligence gathered suggested that the shooting was gang related and a murder attempt on Chris Johnson. Again, uh, you know, going back to your life choices that, that you make. And officials also say months later, a noted Florida gang member named uh, Dominic Bolden uh, shot and killed two men on January 19th, 2016. And on July 24th, 2016, who were believed to be the shooters in the March 2015 incident. Again, these are all just allegations uh, that, uh, but they're allegations that come from uh, court documents. And so, uh, apparently, there there was this murder for hire that uh, Chris Johnson uh, is accused of helping uh, with day to day operations of it. So uh, apparently, there's some there's some. Juice in the juice in the can, if you will, and as they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. And right now, there appears to be a lot of smoke coming out of Chris Johnson, and and it's unfortunate because, like I said, he was one of the probably one of the best uh, uh, running backs of his time. So uh, we'll we'll be following that. We'll see we'll see what happens, and as as things come out, I we don't want to uh, get the cart before the horse, if you will, but. Certainly, if if this appears to be right, and it's anything like Tiger King, I'm sorry, I had to go there, didn't I? Another murder for hire case. What do you get, like twenty some odd years? I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get off in the weeds here a little bit, but my buddy Jason Hammer, I uh, might know him from local radio here, but we've known each other for a long time. Uh, tweeted out from he was just happened to be watching the president's coronavirus press conference and. Someone in the press actually asked Donald Trump, "Do you plan? Would you uh, consider pardoning, giving a pardon uh, to Tiger King? Oh my gosh, where, where have we gotten to? First of all, this shows you how ignorant the press is. The president cannot pardon state charges. He can only pardon federal charges." So I'm pretty sure those were state charges, not federal charges. So that, that said, I mean, you know, it is what it is, you know, in in this time we get off into some, some crazy, you know, I have to admit Tiger King is way out of my comfort zone, (laughs) but it's a train wreck. You gotta, you gotta keep watching it. I found, you know, one of the things that we, that we've done on this show since we've, we've, all been locked up together on house arrest. Uh, <laughs> we've kind of been talking about uh, the, the shows that that we've been bingeing on, and and uh, uh, I saw a meme this week on Facebook that said uh, Netflix uh, now gives recommend instead of giving recommendations on shows, uh, they recommend that you get up and take a shower and come back in an hour. <laughs> That's about how it is, isn't it? Oh man. How many of us can admit that we haven't showered every day? I'm just saying you don't you don't have to admit yourself and throw yourself out publicly, but uh, I'm guilty. I have. I mean, it's just me and the hounds, man. I mean, and they stink worse than I do. So <laughs> I digress. 917 Now this is what I, this is what what Mo does when Mo's on. He keeps he, he keeps the 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 show on on the on the on track, if you will, the train on the track. Well, we got the NFL draft coming up the week after next. Next week is our official mock draft. We do this every year. And it seems weird in the way that things are, how we're approaching things now and the NFL and, and everything else. So the, I just saw, that the NFL is going to be doing a virtual draft. Um, So the NFL, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, and instead of him coming up to uh, the stage and get his jersey and hat and giving a big old hug to the commissioner, Roger Cadell, everything will be done virtually. And like a FaceTime or a a Zoom or Teams or or whatever – uh, mechanism or that they're going to use to facilitate uh, this. And it's, so it's going to be kind of weird. So we'll see. We're on two of the watch. Uh, we'll see where Tua from Alabama ends up at. Let's kind of just kind of dabble in, have a little practice run here. In about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by uh, Mo from the BS sports I mean, kind <laughs> of on my mind. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Shoot him at the same time. We'll be joining us. So I don't. I, we'll 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 see. Uh, uh, we we'll kind of dabble more into this uh, story. I'm sorry, I, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I apologize for that. So let's talk a little bit about the number one pick. I mean, we've talked about this for a while. We thought, well, is Tua going to be number one? I just don't see it. I mean, I don't see the Bengals going anywhere but Joe Burrow. Um, I guess I guess there's that option there where the Dolphins offer every single one of their draft picks for the next five million years, but there's no way the Bengals will be giving up this pick. There's just no way. But um, and, I, and again, I just don't see there's no way whatsoever that they're not going to select Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's an Ohio guy. Granted, he didn't go to college there, but he's that's kind Of his home area, the fans love him. Um, they need to move on from howdy, me, howdy, duty. <laughs> I know that's an inside joke. Um, uh, redheaded freckle kid, but um, Joe Burrow. So, what we do think though is that the Dolphins will trade up as high as they can go, and what we do think at this moment, and it will certainly again we might change some of the the things. And again, this is when I say we, I mean me, but uh, just some of the, the things that we look at here at the show and we might change things around by next week in our official mock draft. So this is kind of a, you know, a practice run and looking at where, where things are and where they lie at. But we kind of think that the, that the dolphins will trade up all the way up to number two. And, um, and, and I, we, we know that the Dolphins like Tua and I and I just I, Tua goes number two uh with with Miami uh who would 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 have moved up from uh traded up from uh fifth to the second position. Um the Dolphins have been, I mean, the Dolphins have been eyeing Tua for nearly a year. And to prevent anyone from stealing him, I mean, Miami decides to make a trade all the way up to second spot in the draft to uh, to get the Redskins agree to, to agree to a deal, and uh, and the Washington uh, and the Dolphins give Washington uh, three picks, five, 26, and thirty nine. So obviously, two quarterbacks right there are going in 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 the first round, one and two. It's just not uncommon. But uh, certainly, uh, I, I just—I'm curious on that, on how this is all going to play together with Tua. Is he as healthy? Is—is is this all just uh, smoke, uh, smoke and mirrors with him? Uh, I don't know. I—I I would just be very cautious with the Dolphins. If I was with the Dolphins, I'd be very cautious. Uh, about drafting Tua at two, but I'm more of a conservative guy, and granted, Tua in his heyday, yes, definitely a number one pick all day long, every day, and twice on Sunday, but when we look at his health issues over the last year and a half, and we look at the the things that he dealt with at at Alabama, I mean, come on, he didn't even play in the the National Championship uh, the year before last. So I don't know. If I was the Dolphins, I, I'd have some strong reservations about uh, drafting Tua at number two. Now, there again, I still think – I still think, and this is just me in, in, in my opinion, but I still think that they could have stayed at number five and still picked up Tua. I, 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 but we'll see what happens. But anyway, Tua, they're going to make sure they got that. So we, we think Joe Burrow's is going to go number one. Tua is going to go number two. And um, Jeff Ogata because we'll just say Jeff because you know me and names uh but uh he, he'll go to the Lions in the number three pick after tr- after uh trading away Darius Slay the Lions are in dire need of some help in their secondary and this is uh where Jeff uh, comes in obviously the former Ohio State corner super stud there at Ohio State and well I don't like to give Ohio State any credit at all but uh We'll have to leave that for Adam Jevadin, our uh, Browns fan, next week on the on the thing. He's a big Ohio State guy. I'm an IU guy. Hey, what can I say? So I'm I'm good to see I'm I'm good to see uh, some uh, some magic in the Big Ten. Let's go ahead and go to another Ohio State, and this is I mean this is a guy that everybody knows as one of the, the the top prospects in the first round. And obviously, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young to the Giants. We feel Mike will will, will be in the number four slot in in uh, in, uh, in the first round. Uh, the Giants went into the draft with plans to to take a left ta- a left tackle. If you remember, at fourth overall but then they they threw those plans out the windows and scrapped at uh, after seeing uh, Chase Young just basically fall into their lap so i can't see how this is going to change in the number 4 pick with the giants and uh you know we- we'll see how how this how this how this comes together but uh, i think this will be a good opportunity uh, for Chase Young and, and the Giants, I think it be a good match. And obviously, as we as we just talked about, uh, the Redskins um, traded with the Dolphins in the number five pick. And we'll probably see them get that o- offensive lineman uh, guy from Iowa, the, the Tristan Rurfs of the world. You look at Trent Williams doing everything he can do to get out of Washington. And the Redskins are, are nearly need to replace him at tackle, and not only do they need uh, roofs. There is it roofs or riffs? Roofs. W i r f s. That guy. Well, they also need they also need more. So they got uh, the 26 and 39. The Redskins got a lot of work to do, and as we always know, Andrew Thompson. Um, We'll get, we'll go with, now we're down to pick six in round one and uh, the San Diego Chargers. And as we know, Phillip Rivers is leaving the Chargers and coming here to the Indianapolis Colts. But we, I don't think those are going to draft a quarterback. I think they'll draft an offensive lineman that probably land that with Andrew Thompson out of Georgia uh, with multiple players like uh, Kenny Allen, Melvin Ingram, uh, Hunter Henry and Joey Baza set for free agency in the 2020 season the Chargers have their work cut out for them. And uh, they're a team that are built to win now and drafting a quarterback won't do much to help them in 2020. Instead of uh, going for Herbert, uh, I think the Chargers add a key piece to their offensive line by selecting one of the best uh, tackles in the draft. And that's uh, Andrew Thomas. My name's Tom Marcos, L. Presidente. We'll continue this conversation uh, momentarily. Um, mom- momentarily. <laughs> with Ed for the V-Rider for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor SI.com. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Bye.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
4: I, it, I, I can't believe it. I
3: we playing 4-on-4 with a barbershop quartet?
0: <laughs> pass the ball,
4: pass the, pass the We're open, Ba-ba-ba. just pass the ball.
3: Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more unbelievable Geico videos. Morning, face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, Good
4: morning guys.
0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. Good morning. morning. Ah, what is that thing?
4: It's me, Linda. Oh, my
0: God, it talks. Run!
4: No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. <laughs> Stay back. I've got mace. Oh, my eyes. we're
0: moving? It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
2: Get twenty percent off Ikea Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
1: All right, and welcome back to the balance, uh, high atop our home studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. My name is Tom Marcos L. Presidente, 917 Thanks to myself for the last half hour. Uh, Mo's not feeling good. Hopefully, it's not, nothing serious. Joining us now, though, is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles Uh, and still stranded on the Corona Island with us. Uh, Ed, how are you, sir? Ed, can you hear me? Ed Kratz, can you hear me? Tom, I can hear you now. Can you hear me, Tom? I can oh, hear
3: gosh, you. I was on mute. <laughs> I was on mute. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. think I'd have this figured out by now with all the uh, zooming we're doing and
1: conference oh, calling? Oh my gosh! But, uh, that, that's so funny because progress, I guess. we're we have the same thing when we have the conference calls and stuff with the office and we've got these, uh, we use teams, but it's, it's just like zoom or whatever. And you'll see their mouth moving, but we're like, nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear you. They're all all <laughs> like, right. Wait, i was on mute. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: So uh, we do these, uh, you know, with the way things are, Eagles have been having teleconference calls with, you know, some of their uh-huh. free agent signings and stuff. So, you know, there's 30 or so reporters on the line, and not everybody mutes their line. So you hear dogs barking in the background, or you know, a kid will run in the room and you'll hear a scream. And, you know, yeah. I don't know how difficult it is to just mute your line, but then sometimes when you go to ask a question, you forget your line was muted, and you're like, why didn't he answer me? How come I'm not? Nope. Then you realize, oh, my line was muted. So.
1: Uh, (laughs) I have to admit, I've I've been one of those guys that that didn't mute, and and, uh, I've got got a series of things that happen in my house that that create chaos with the hounds. There's walkers, there's bikers, trash man, mailman, Amazon, and just squirrels, ducks, or (laughs) just maybe a sound. So they'll be completely laying content like they're both laying here beside me right now, but they'll just bounce up and just going crazy over nothing Spe I, I, you know what I'm a, speaking of trash man, I don't know what happened, but so Thursday is my trash day so i, I, I usually will out my trash on on Wednesday night uh, and then just they get the trash and I will it back. so that seems pretty easy, pretty common. And I'm looking out my w- window, and I, my trash is still there. It's still there. And a few hours later, I look out there, and I'm like, "Oh, the trash isn't there, but neither is my trash can." I go out there, I walk up and down the street. I don't want to think somebody stole my trash can in the middle of all this coronavirus. But I think somebody stole my trash can. I mean, oh man, was there it, was toilet it, paper it in there, but it was day, used was toilet it? paper. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It wasn't windy or anything. It didn't blow down the street.
1: Either. No, it was. It was kind of windy. That's what I thought. Maybe because it has wheels, I just yeah. thought maybe it took off on its own. But it would have. It would have made a, a crash landing somewhere, you know, in somebody's yard or something. But it, it's gone. <laughs> I don't know oh, if, if somebody stole it or if it just got wheels and it just kept on trucking and and got the heck out of Dodge. So that's that said, I've got to get a trash near, can. You Gotta get another trash can. Maybe I'll get one without wheels yeah. this time. But then you, then you got to do the whole drag thing. It's it's a whole thing. And you got to, there's a science nah, about you need the trash wheels. it. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah, have the wheels. You need the wheels. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Just take, just you know, take the chance that it won't, you know, fly off on its own with the wheels.
1: But you definitely need the wheels. Absolutely need the wheels. Ed Kratz, be ready yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. You know, I just saw th- that the NFL has decided to do the NFL draft completely uh, virtual. Uh, so uh, when the, the Bengals draft uh, Joe Burrow instead of him coming out and giving uh, Roger Cadell a hug and getting his jersey and hat, uh, it, it's going to be done virtually via via Facebook. So... I'm, my guess, or not Facebook, I say like Facebook, like FaceTime or Zoom or, or what have you, but my guess is that unless people get their stuff in early, they're not going to have the jerseys and the hats. They might be able to do it with filters or something like that, but what do you thoughts? That's going to be kind of a weird uh, – just watching the draft is going to be kind of weird.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it really is. It's- going to be different. I
1: don't know if we're all going to enjoy it. I mean,
3: we'll enjoy the picks and we'll, you know, pick apart, you know, the picks for each team and stuff like that. But it is going to be strange that, you know, it's going to be so different than the prospect or the draft pick coming out and getting his jersey and a hat and a big handshake and the photo op and then, you know, being interviewed afterward. And uh you know they're going to have cameras i guess in the in these picks homes and they're going to just kind of see what the reaction is inside their home and you know who they're going to be with you know i mean it's only going to be the people that they've been quarantined with i guess uh, mm-hmm. since this thing started or maybe some people have been tested and they'll be invited to their home if they tested negative for the virus so I, it's just going to be so bizarre to, to see how this all unfolds and i'm a, yeah, it's going to be on television. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, you know, the NFL network or ESPN or both are going to yeah. have some kind of a setup, but um, you know, and we're going to be going into the general manager's homes too. And and that's going to be another weird thing about it is a lot of these draft rooms, they have, you know, a dozen or more people in them mm-hmm. during the draft and, you know, these are GMs now are going to be kind of working on their own and, uh Are they going to get all the information they want in time? I thought they would extend the time between picks by a few minutes um, just because of this uh, logistics, but it's going to be weird. The GMs are really going to have to start making the calls on their own. If they don't have all the information they need and the clock is ticking away, they're going to have to kind of decide uh, who they want without maybe all the input that they're used to getting.
1: Yeah. I was uh, listening to an interview locally here with Chris Ballard. Um, And basically what they've got is they've got a direct connection uh, with Ursay Reich, and others that are part of the war room. They basically set up a virtual war room um, where they've actually got one screen set up that's for uh, the draft board where they've got somebody that's – so apparently they're going to be able to just with uh, real-time talk and conversations, they're going to be able to – to get this done, but it's going to, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be kind of weird. We'll see what we'll see what happens. But it's the new norm. Everything, everything is kind of weird to us right now. Everything is a little bit foreign to us right now. And I want to talk with you. though. I want to give you an opportunity to talk with you uh, about the article that you wrote uh, about Pete R- Raslaff, who, who uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, certainly passed away, uh, but played his last game in 1966. But as you as you wrote in your article, the impact that he made in his 11 seasons with the franchise in the NFL will will, will, will remain. Forever, talk with us a little bit about the passing of Pete uh, Redslaff. Sorry.
3: Yeah, Pete Redslav. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, as far as the Eagles go, you know, he played 11 seasons here, and he he was originally drafted by the Detroit Lions in uh, 1953 in the 22nd round. Imagine that. They had, you know, I guess like baseball, you know, baseball has, you know, 60, 70 rounds. They just draft until the GMs get tired, I guess, in baseball. But uh, the NFL had a lot of drafts a lot of draft rounds back then and he he was taken in the 62nd or i'm sorry the 22nd round by the detroit lions but he never played for them because he went right into the army uh and served two years in the army and then when he came out uh he had kind of been a halfback uh, fullback uh in college at south dakota state um which of course doesn't produce a lot of nfl players but uh the eagles decided to sign him off off of waivers when he came out of the military and Uh, they moved him to tight end and, uh, you know, he really blossomed. He wasn't a really big guy. He was only about six foot, six foot one. Uh, He weighed about 200 pounds, 210 pounds. So he kind of revolutionized that position, um, that tight end position in the NFL. Uh, And then, of course, you know, players got bigger and and faster and quicker from there. But he was kind of, uh, you know, the first really used tight end in the NFL and he he wasn't the biggest guy. So he kind of revolutionized the position. Uh, when the eagles moved him to that spot uh, when he retired in 1966 after 11 years he was the team's all-time leading pass catcher uh, in terms of receptions and yardage Uh, you know and he's since those records have fallen since then but he's still in the top three in those categories which is really kind of amazing you know 40 some years later uh, that those records have stood and um, you know, as far as the Eagles again go, he, he was one of only nine players in Eagles history to have their number retired. He wore the number 44. So, you know, only one, one of nine players are, to have their number retired in a, in a history that spans back to when the league started in 1930 uh, is, is saying something, you know, what, what he meant to this organization. Uh, And and even when he was done playing, he came back to be the general manager for three years of the Eagles. And he was responsible for picking Harold Carmichael, who kind of revolutionized the wide receiver position in terms of the height. You know, Carmichael was six foot eight. Uh, He has since been elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame himself uh, this past uh, voting process. So he, he was responsible for drafting Harold Carmichael. Uh, And then as far as the NFL goes, he kind of led the charge for the NFL players association. He was one of the first to suggest that, you know, the players should unionize and uh, first to kind of recognize that this is a a blossoming business, the NFL, and that we're going to need a voice in the room with these owners. So he was kind of, he spearheaded the effort uh, to get the NFL PA together Um, so that, you know, he left his mark, you know, league wide as well, not just with the Eagles. So, Um, you know it's unfortunate of course he passed away but you know he was 88 years old he died of natural causes in his home Um, you know I had a chance to meet him uh, several years ago uh, when Chip Kelly was the coach and had an open practice at Franklin Field in Philadelphia he invited a lot of the old-time Eagles which was really one of the things that I liked about Chip Kelly was he did kind of have that attachment to the past and you know He did a lot wrong, Chip Kelly, but one of the things he got right was having that open practice at one field, which, of course, is where the Eagles uh, played their games to begin with. It's a, an older stadium on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's the home to the Penn Relays. Um, so it's a very historic field. And Pete Redslaff came that day, as did Chuck Bednarik and a lot of these former Eagle great players. Uh, and, and Redslaff couldn't have been any kinder. Very uh, nice man to talk to. Uh, very interested in what I was doing and, and how I covered the team and mm-hmm. asked me a lot of questions and um, just a super guy, a super nice guy. So uh, it, it's never good when you lose somebody, but again, he was 88, lived a great life, really made an impact. And uh, someone that's mm-hmm. going to be missed, uh, you know, in the Eagles organization.
1: Yeah. It's, that's a sad story that we never, you lose a, a legend like that, but in, in the times that we're in now, it's, it sounds weird, but it's good to know that he died of, of natural causes as opposed to a lot right. of the things that are that are going on right now. Um, yeah, well, you know, Tom, just just to point out, just, sure.
4: just
3: to point out, you mentioned that, and, uh, you know, the Eagles, that's the third guy the Eagles lost this week, former player, you know, Tom Dempsey, the kicker, uh, who's probably more associated with the New Orleans Saints. You know, remember Tom Dempsey uh, had – kind of was born with a disability of you know only had half a foot mm-hmm. and he wore a special shoe, but mm-hmm. he was, he kicked for the Eagles for a number of years. Uh, he made the record 63 yard field goal that stood for, for a very long time until I think Justin Tucker broke it a few years back. But, um, you know, he had that record at 63 yard kick and, uh, Tom Dempsey died of complications due to the, uh, coronavirus last weekend, which is unfortunate, but uh, oh, wow. I mentioned it, Sorry it to hear that. here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the natural causes, which is great. But Tom Dempsey, unfortunately, I believe he was 73. He lost his life last uh, last week. He was living in a nursing home in the in New Orleans, which I think has been hit pretty hard. And that nursing home alone uh, has had 15 people die from the COVID-19, and Dempsey was one of them. So um, that, that's kind of an unfortunate situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got a, these nursing homes. It's Scary. My father's in a nursing home, and they've had reported cases there, and and uh, so they had to move him to a special area. And he got kind of confused. He thought he was because he was being moved that he had it. He doesn't have it. Well, they were they were tested everybody, uh, staff and patients. Uh, they were supposed to have the results back yesterday. I didn't hear anything. My mom said she talked with him a little bit yesterday and said that he's feeling said he's feeling fine so uh let's let's hope it, it stays that way because this this thing gets real scary with the nursing homes that's for sure yeah, so let, uh, right. week yeah. week after next is the nfl draft next week we'll be doing our official nfl uh balance mark draft and we're going to try our best to move this thing out to two, our normal two-hour slot and we're going to try to Get all hands on deck for this month draft for next week, but let's talk a little bit about where the Eagles stand uh, now. They're at pick twenty-one in the, in round one, and uh, a lot of people think Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver, because uh, uh, you know Carson Wentz uh, needs some offensive help, and they're in Philly, and and so um, they, I, I guess the, the the think tank people, the people. Uh, who are making these picks and stuff Or a lot of, in a lot of the mock drafts I'm looking at says Justin Jefferson wide receiver uh, to the Eagles. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, that seems to be the popular pick. I mean, everybody seems to think he's probably the fourth best wide receiver after, you know, the top three of, uh, you know, the Alabama duo of Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, and then Oklahoma's CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson. A lot of people think he slots right in after those three. Uh, You could probably find some people that think he even could be considered even better than maybe even Judy Ruggs or Lamb uh, going forward. But, uh, you know, he's certainly a player that's a popular pick for the Eagles. And I'm not sure. I I just wrote a piece about what if he's not there at 21. You know, the Minnesota Vikings are are kind of uh, laying in the weeds there at pick number 22. Uh, and they need a wide receiver after trading away Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills and, and you know, big offseason move. Um, they're certainly going to be looking to take a receiver, um, you know, so they could possibly try to trade up ahead of the Eagles to get Jefferson. Um, you know, maybe they try to deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are sitting at number 20 just ahead uh, of the Eagles. And the Jags, that's their second pick of the first round, so they'll have already taken somebody at number nine. Uh, So would the Jags want to jump back two spots to the Vikings? It's certainly realistic. And then the Vikings will have kind of leapfrogged the Eagles and taken Justin Jefferson. And and then what do the Eagles do? That's kind of what I wrote about is what happens if Jefferson's not there? Do they still go receiver? You know, who's the next uh, good player in this great group of wide receivers coming out? Could it be, you know, Jalen Rager from TCU or Um, Denzel Mims from Baylor or Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. I mean, these are all guys that have been mentioned. And Clemson's T. Higgins and Colorado's LaVisca Chenault. I could go on and on. So would the Eagles kind of take a receiver at 21, or could they trade back, which I think is a very real possibility. Um, And I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens as a possibility at, at pick number 28. The Eagles and Ravens have made trades in each of the last two drafts in the first round. Last year, the Eagles traded up three spots with the Ravens, swap picks with Baltimore, uh, and they got their left tackle, Andre Dillard. Um, and then two years ago, they the Eagles were picking 32nd, coming in after winning the Super Bowl, the first time in history they've ever had that 32nd pick, and they traded out of that spot. They went backwards with the Ravens again. Uh, and then the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard to tight end in the second round, which was their first pick in that draft. So. Um, The Eagles and Ravens have a history. The Ravens, I know, are looking for uh, linebacker help. So maybe the Ravens would trade up into that 21st pick uh, and take their pick of the litter at linebacker. You know, some of the best ones are Oklahoma's uh, Kenneth Murray, um, LSU's Patrick Queen, Wisconsin's uh, Zach Bond. You know, those are three guys. And the Ravens, if they get the 21, they would have their pick of those three guys, whichever one they like best. And then at 28, maybe the Eagles are more comfortable in taking a a receiver like an Iope or a Chenault, somebody that, uh, you know, isn't really slotted to go that high in the draft at pick 21, but maybe would be a better value pick at 28, and then the Eagles would get something back in return uh, from Baltimore and going backwards. So there's a lot of different ways they could go. If the Eagles stay at 21 and the Vikings get ahead of them, maybe the Eagles even go for a linebacker. It's really not – their philosophy. They don't value that position that highly, but Kenneth Murray's a terrific, you know, from Oklahoma. I've watched some tape on him, and, you know, he's a three-down linebacker. He can cover. Mm -hmm. He can play run defense. He'd be a great pick, and the Eagles do need linebacking help, but again, they're not a team that that values that linebacker position, Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, certainly if they stay at 21 and the Vikings can't get ahead of them, I think Jefferson will be the pick, but um, it really gets complicated If the Vikings trade up ahead of them, and I think the Eagles have to be prepared for that scenario. They can't be caught flat-footed because there's only 10 minutes between picks. Uh, So they're going to have to have kind of a plan B or C in place here should uh, the Vikings trade up or if another team ends up taking Jefferson. And then there's all four wide receivers gone. Um, The one scenario I don't see is the Eagles trading up in the first round to try to get – you know, one of those big three rugs or lamb or judy just because i don't think Howie has the ammunition howie roseman has the ammunition to do that he's got eight picks i don't really see him wanting to give up another pick or two in this draft uh to move up i think he wants to take as many players as he possibly can in this in this draft because the last two years the eagles have only had five draft picks and he wants to have more than
1: We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's talk a little bit about uh, play the homework card here at the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, we know Philip Rivers is coming on as the as the QB for one year. Uh, I think Philip Rivers is going to do. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with Philip Rivers. And let's not forget that the Colts have one of the best offensive lines right now in place in the NFL. But I think they can only make things better uh, by by. I, I would hope. If they draft a wide receiver, and then the popular line of thought would be Michael Pittman Jr. out of uh, USC uh, uh, to the Colts in their in their first pick. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, you like Pittman. I mean, I've, seen, I've watched a little bit of tape on Pittman, and he is very good. But I look at it from an Eagles perspective. I don't think they would take Pittman just because he's from USC, and the last player they took from there, Nelson Aguilar, didn't quite – uh, you know Aguilar had his moments but certainly didn't live up to the first round billing but that doesn't mean Pittman will be Aguilar I mean I like that. I think he's he would be a uh, a good solid choice for the Colts and I and I think you're right I think they do need to go offense here uh you know they, their defense is solid especially at 49ers uh in that trade but um you know I I could certainly see the Colts going uh a receiver I maybe even a quarterback I mean I think Philip Rivers is only Signed to a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, and he is coming up. He's around 40 years old, I think, Rivers. So, um, you know, he's not the long-term answer at quarterback. Can he win a Super Bowl in the short term here this season? Hopefully, if we have a season, yeah, I think there's a chance of that, especially with that defense and, like you said, that offensive line. So, uh, the Colts have to decide that we want to. You know, play the short game here and get that receiver and give us another weapon in our quest to win a Super Bowl this year. Or do you play the long game and say we're going to need somebody uh, to develop behind uh, Philip Rivers? Uh, let's take maybe Jordan Love or you know somebody like that, a developmental type quarterback that you think it will be ready to take the reins in a year, um, and then find a receiver or another weapon later in the draft after you do that. So uh, those are. Decisions the Colts are going to have to make. It's always exciting when you take a skill guy, of course, in the draft, like a quarterback or a, or a receiver. Um, you know, those offensive lineman picks aren't too sexy, but you know, look what the Colts did when they took Quentin Nelson. Uh, I mean, that guy is just the you know the best lineman in the league. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer for sure if his career keeps going the way it
1: is. And- out of yeah, out of Notre exactly. Dame. I said out of Notre Dame. Yeah, he's right. a beast, that's for sure. Joining us also, uh, speaking to Notre Dame, uh, from the flagship station up in South Bend, WSVT, uh, and our official IndyCar contributor going to be joining us a little bit here for some IndyCar racing. But, uh, Matthew, you're hearing us talk a little bit about the NFL draft and the Colts. What are your thoughts?
5: I think right now the Colts have got a take a
1: receiver uh they just just
5: all the things they've tried you know the chester rogers uh all the other players the Funcheses. uh t.y hilton is 31 he can't do it on his own and he has a history of injuries so and with all the players now granted i don't think they have to trade up and go after one of the alabama duo wide receivers obviously jerry judy's name would be on the top list there but there are plenty of guys and, honestly, I think that if they take uh, two wide receivers in this draft, uh, I would not have a problem with that. And then I think the other place they need some work as well is there's some question marks, I think, in that front seven and in the secondary. So I think wide receivers, one need, and then improving the defense uh, is the other need. I know a lot of people are saying that possibly finding an heir apparent for Rivers or another option for Jacoby Brissett. Is a concern, but I think right now, even though, yeah, it's an impressive quarterback class. Uh, quarterback is not what the Colts need right now.
1: Yeah, I agree, and Ed, you might agree with this as well. But we we've got to. I know we got to look past Phillip Rivers in one year, and we've got to get that franchise quarterback. And everybody wants to have those days of Peyton Manning back, and you know, and and here's here's another just wild conspiracy. picture your tinfoil hat on that the Colts don't draft a quarterback. And the reason they they went with Philip Rivers for one year is they know in the, they're ace in the pocket, if you will, that uh, a a behind the scenes uh, type agreement was reached with uh, Andrew Luck, that he was going to be back in two years. And if that's true, even though they haven't, we don't know that to be true. This again, put on your tinfoil hat. It would make sense that they wouldn't draft and that they they're they're still putting their stock in Andrew Luck what are your thoughts on that uh, conspiracy theory there Ed oh <laughs> well, I love good conspiracy theories no doubt,
3: but, um, <laughs> and maybe there's some legitimacy to that I don't know um, you know can you count on luck I mean unless you get it on in writing I mean you know you're going to take him at his word that yeah I'm going to come back in two years I don't I don't think he can do that And then you look at, okay, he's been away from the game for two years. At what point, you know, I mean, is he going to come back in the conditioning that you want to see? And is he still going to be as effective? He's he's two years older now, um, two years into retirement. I mean, I I just – I don't know if you can put your eggs in that basket. I mean, it'd be great. It'd certainly be a fun story. I don't know if you can do that, or I don't think you can certainly count on that. Uh, I don't see any harm in in taking a quarterback to develop uh, and then let him compete with Luck if he were to come back, or if Luck doesn't come back, then turn the reins over to him. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it's kind of a risky, risky proposition on a lot of levels, and it shouldn't mean the Colts shouldn't
1: take a quarterback strap. Well, and here's the other thing: uh, why hasn't Luck moved out of Indianapolis yet? I know it's a great city and everything, but I mean, what's what's here for Andrew Luck outside of the Colts? He's married. He's got a kid now. This is a great city to raise a kid. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to add to that conspiracy theory, he still lives here in Indianapolis. So I don't know. Conspiracy theories (laughs) do rain. Real real quickly, uh, before we let you go, uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor SI.com. I want to talk with you about the breaking story that TMZ broke this week, and we've certainly seen a lot of other sources, and that's uh, Chris Johnson uh, being accused on this murder for hire um, deal uh, back a few years ago. Um, They say where there's smoke, there's fire, and there appears to be more smoke than anything right here, right now. Granted, and, and in, in all fairness, he's not hes not been charged, formally charged. He's just been accused, and obviously he's denied those accusations. But it's a pretty big story, if to be true, um, on this murder-for-hire uh, deal with Chris Johnson. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, all these players in the NFL aren't choir boys, that's for sure. Every now and then stories like this pop up, you know, saw with Aaron Hernandez, and saw it with Tomlin that receiver from the Panthers, Ray Caruth, I think, who had his girlfriend killed. I think think he's out of prison now, but was in prison for several years. So uh, would it surprise me that it's true? No, it certainly wouldn't. I've never met Chris Johnson. I don't know Chris Johnson. I don't know what kind of person Chris Johnson is. But, um, again, not all these players in the NFL are are choir boys. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if if this is true. Of course, like you said, nothing has been proven yet. So it's still kind of –
4: uh,
1: fluid situation, but it would not surprise me if it if it I All
4: right, Ed. Uh,
1: uh, Where's she luckin' this week on on Corona Island? You gotta get caught up on who, where we're bingeing. You you say you're halfway through Schitt's Creek, uh, and I looked at the trailer <laughs> on the one that you suggested, so I might start that. I I went down another. I think I texted you this, but I went down another rabbit <laughs> hole this week, and yeah. I came across Amish Mafia. That's a train wreck. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Let me just tell yeah, you this: the hobbies aren't right. as 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 innocent as they appear to be.
3: <laughs> no, at least so, according to the people in TV world and in, in TV yeah. land, if they're not. But,
1: uh, that's right. Uh, so, yeah. got big plans for the Easter weekend, right. do
3: you? Uh, well, nope. Just you know, there's really you know, time is kind of at a standstill. There's only. It's only light or dark outside. I mean, I, I have no concept of time, so I have certainly no concept of Easter at this point. I, I guess we're going to have a ham, and you know, me and my quarantine mates will sit down and we'll, we'll uh, break bread, but nothing special, nothing special at all.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do the I'm going to do the virtual church. Uh, at least I don't have to worry about finding a seat or a parking space, and then I'm going to make a ham and. Hang out with the hounds or whatever. Yep, that's about how it's going to be. Ed yeah. Kratz, beat writer for the you Philadelphia know. Eagles. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir?
3: Well, you can hit me on Twitter uh, at Kratz E K R A C Z E or just uh, si dot com uh, slash Eagles, and my work will come up. So uh, either of those places. But I usually post all my links to
1: Twitter. Okay, Ed, you, you cut out. But I hope you have yourself a good Easter weekend, sir.
3: Thank you. Happy Easter time. You too. All righty.
1: Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagle, joins us. My name is Tom Marquis, L. Presidente. We'll be right back with more uh, with, um, with Matthew Embry of, of WSBT right here on the Balance Radio Network.
2: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
4: I, it, I, I can't
5: believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 with a barbershop quartet. <laughs> pass
0: the ball, ball,
4: ball. Pass the rock. We're open, bum, just pass bum, the ball.
3: Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
4: Yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot the jay, 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 jay.
0: Believe it, Skycar could save you 15% or more on car insurance Morning face You get it when you don't sleep well This is what happened to Linda Good
4: Morning guys Good morning What, Good morning. what? what is oh. that thing? It's me, Linda Oh my god, it talks Right! No, it's me, Linda from HR It looks hungry Save the children Save them <laughs> Stay back, I've got mates Oh, <laughs> then
0: we're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
2: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. <laughs>
1: All right, welcome back to the balance. Uh, uh, it's now time for podcast overtime. And and because we've been doing this abbreviate, abbreviated uh, show, if you will, we're just going to make uh, podcast overtime part of the live show today. But joining this, Matthew Embry WSBT, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, how are you holding up on Corona Island this week?
5: hate wearing that darn mask, but again, got to do it. It's safety first, and when they say that, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, we can't blow it now, guys. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a burden for, you know, the next month or so. And like I said, it hit home. Uh, if you followed me on Twitter, uh, my cousin was had a scare with COVID. Thankfully, he tested negative. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, – guys, got to be careful out there, and you cannot be too careful with this.
1: No, absolutely right. And, and we were talking a little bit earlier on with the, uh, with the nursing homes. My father was in a nursing home down in, in Evansville. And there was reported cases of, um, that in his, in his facility, uh, he has been tested. and I'm assuming the results are negative. My mom talked with him yesterday. He said he, he feels fine. Uh, he was a little confused at the beginning of all of this stuff, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it when it becomes a, a reality in real life it becomes like hey this is this is the real deal. So yeah, we we got to keep moving forward and try to try to uh stay uh positive. I wanted to get your uh thoughts real quickly um you know we were talking a little bit about the NFL and, and the mock draft. Uh, we've got that going on on next week. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, uh, I know you do a lot of college uh, football stuff. What what are we looking at as far as uh, some Irish players, how they're going to end up in the draft? Do you think there's going to be anybody showing up in the draft from uh, Notre Dame? And uh, uh, what are your thoughts from the Notre Dame perspective on the NFL draft?
5: Well, obviously I think the one that's on my mind is where how high Cole Komet uh, goes because he is ranked in a bunch of, of the mocks is the best tight end. But at the same time, they don't say that the tight end position is one of the strongest uh, positions uh, in the draft class this year. So I'll be very curious to see if he gets sneaks into the first round or if he's a second day pick possibly early in round two. And then obviously Chase Claypool is out there. Uh, Didn't have the greatest of senior season that he could have had, but I still think that he has some upside there. And obviously... I don't think really he ever reached his full potential. So if he gets the right team, maybe he could have a breakthrough, kind of like what, what Orion Grant had when he went with the Packers at running back. And then uh, you look at beyond that, so really, there's a few other players out there that could be drafted. But I think if you're looking for the big names on the list, uh, those two are probably the ones that I think are garnering the most attention if you're a Notre Dame fan at this point.
1: So uh, let's get into our IndyCar talk. Obviously, uh, we, we're, we're still in the in the iRacing, which I have to admit has been kind of neat to watch. Uh, it really it's very realistic, uh, and uh, certainly these these simulators and things are, are very high tech in the way they, that they do things. Um, I noticed you talked a little bit about uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about what your thoughts on uh, uh, Connor Daly and, and uh, what what's going on with him. I remember seeing there was a thing that David Land
5: posted, Are the drivers take it too seriously, this online thing. Actually, I think some of the, most of these guys are not taking it seriously enough. I mean, the last thing we need on national television with this Chevrolet 275 is a race marred by caution flags every single restart. And I think a lot of these guys, and Connor Daly is one of them, do not take this seriously enough. And they take it like it's a big joke, and they just uh, goof around. Well, I think honestly on that with the realism, I think a lot of bad habits that are in this are going to translate to the real thing. And uh, somebody needs to, you know, get the message out. It's like, Hey, you know, this thing is about reputation and yes, you have a full-time ride, but keep in mind, there were several years during your career, you didn't have a full-time ride and I got to say, ever since that deal was banned, is struck in December, see a lot of things with Connor Daly I've not seen before, and you know lapses, other things, and I got to say, I hope I'm wrong on this, but there's a lot of things that make me nervous about what kind of performance he's going to provide to Ed Carpenter on the road courses and at Indianapolis uh, if and when we do run in 2020. So
1: uh... It feels so weird that we're going to have the Indianapolis 500 in August. It looks like like that's like that's going to happen. Let's talk a little bit about what what we've seen on the track with the iRacing and and uh, I know that the that they're simulators and there's a lot of uh, realness to that, but how are these drivers staying ready uh, to get back in the car? and to do some actual driving, some actual testing. Hopefully that will happen within the next month or so. What are your thoughts on, on how uh, drivers are handling this this time with, where they can't get into the car and they can't do actual driving? Well, more guys are getting into the similar thing. I think it shows this
5: weekend when you have uh, Marco Andretti taking over his regular car that Scott Speeds run the first two rounds. You have Ryan hunter Ray joining the mix after Kyle Kirkwood drove the 28 in the first two rounds. I think guys are starting to realize, hey, anything we can get where it's even if it's not necessarily the real thing, but to keep, you know, the skills sharp is huge. I mean, you talk about these NFL teams and these major league teams saying, you know, we can't start right away. We need a little bit to get back into the mode a little bit. And I think the IndyCar and NASCAR guys are need to look at the same way. Now, granted, it may not be the most fun thing to do, but hey, you got to be sharp because, These races, the way they're going to jam the schedule up, these races are going to come boom, 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 boom. And if you're not prepared, uh, it's going to show.
1: Well, today's uh, race is, iRacing is at Michigan. Let's break down the factors of of, uh, Michigan and IndyCar. If it's going by
5: what I've seen the iRace test events at Gateway, which was not televised in Indianapolis 8 days ago it was not televised this could be a yellow mart event and i hope i'm wrong on that but guys were making it four and five wide they were taking chances that they normally would not take uh that tell that's the thing where i think guys are not taking it seriously enough and uh i think had like i said habits garnered here could translate to the racetrack and that's not what you know the circuit needs is a rec fest of these events so hopefully guys are under control but uh i just have a sinking suspicion that's going to be a survival of the fittest and whoever wins this race is going to be the guy that uh suffers the least damage along the way which well i don't think well with aggressive drivers so like if you're picking a pot of award i wouldn't pick pot of award today Uh, I wouldn't pick uh, an Oliver Askew, maybe not even a Scott McLaughlin since he's still very raw on the oval tracks. A guy I think that could sit well here. Uh, And the guy I'm picking today uh, is Will Power.
1: And I I think that was really neat uh, when they were talking to Will Power uh, and Scott Dixon both uh, when they were racing. But Scott Dixon was racing uh, from – uh no was it will paul one of them was actually racing from australia and had to get up super duper early in the morning well this is uh, going to be the McLaughlin. first oval track in the pardon me.
5: that was mclaughlin who did that and yet heck
1: he won last week so maybe it doesn't yeah, affect the so this is the, the this i racing challenge we keep going back to this is the new norm and it's it's hard for us to get used to but it is the new norm it's about to get a lot wilder uh So we'll see what happens today is the first oval track, and that's up at the Michigan International Speedway, uh, the Chevrolet 275. It's an 85-lap race around the virtual MIS on the iRacing eSports platform, and that starts at 2.30 Eastern and will be on NBC Sports, and I'll be watching it. And, uh, hey, get my my race on, man. i got to have that. I'm, I'm, I'm I need a fix, I need a race fix, and uh drivers in the in the six round virtual series, which runs every Saturday through may second use identical setups so they, there's no no changing of of the cars at provided by iRacing. at michigan they'll they'll place a a premium uh slip streaming in the packs for their position and manage tire wear as fuel loads drop let's let's talk a little bit about it. How, how hard, I mean, how, I mean, are are the crew chiefs active as actively involved as the driver? Well, I
5: think they have a spotter that handles things. I think the guy that was supposed to be McLaughlin's crew chief or engineer was handling the spotter duties and oversee as far as strategy, uh, last weekend at Barber. So I think you may see some of those. And like I said, uh, position is going to mean a lot, especially if you're running reform hunting behind uh, the pace truck, uh, several laps uh, today, and making your pit stop at the right time. So if it does come down to that, where you are as close to the front as possible, if not leading, I think it's going to play a lot to who might win it. And we like I said, we could see an unexpected winner. Uh, but if it does hold sway, and again, that's a big if, uh, I think Power's the guy to beat. But uh, I would not be surprised uh, if we have a surprise name up there, maybe even like an Ed Carpenter or Scott
1: Dixon that uh, steals the show by just keeping their nose clean. Well, we have 33 cars that are entered into the uh, uh, virtual race, the Chevrolet 275 up at the Michigan International Speedway. Let's just kind of go through some of these drivers. Let's get your thoughts on what the – again, we're still talking about the virtual world, so it's a new normal. So our conversations are a little bit different. So uh, let's just kind of just randomly go through some of these well-known drivers. Let's talk a little bit about Joseph Newgard and Team Pinsky and the Chevy.
5: Still learning the tricks right now, but I think right he's making progress where he needs to be. I don't know how much he's got in terms of oval track testing, though, so I'll be curious to see how he plays out there. But uh, if he uh, you know, shows pace in the action, and, again, twitch.tv, if you check out uh, the best page, I think, for twitch.tv is S. McLaughlin 93 because not only does it have uh, Scott Speed, but it also has a live leaderboard and also a track map to show where everyone is at one time. So if you don't have access to the NBCSN broadcast, I suggest going to that page because that will give you the best coverage, I think, of anything that's out there. And then uh, I think uh, Newgarden certainly is a threat. Like I said, McLaughlin's still raw, but I think he could be a potential factor. But uh, I think the big question, like I wrote in my preview at Speedway Digest last night, how is Dale Earnhardt Jr. going to fare? Uh, I don't think he's going to be as raw as, say, a Jimmy Johnson was at the two events at the Glen in Alabama. But uh, at the same time, I would be very surprised if he's a challenger. But if he mentioned in the top half of the field or even the top ten, I would not be
1: surprised. <clears throat> you mentioned Dale, Hart, Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's kind of weird seeing him in an IndyCar setup. But what are your thoughts about Dale Earnhardt Jr.?
5: Well, he's trying to, you know, get through, like we all are, the fact that we don't have racing. And I
1: don't think
5: he wants to put himself at risk in a real full-time ride again. So this is the next best thing. And uh, like I said, if these guys have the guts and the willingness to do this, bring them in. We'll see how they do.
1: Sebastian Bourdais, just kind of going through the, the list here.
5: It's been raw in the first events. It just has really struggled with this format. Of course, you know, not being in, you know, cahoots with the Foyt team to start with anyway, it doesn't help his case. And I don't know if even he was on the simulator at all prior to this, these events being announced. So he's still learning things. I'd say if there is a Foyt driver that has a potential threat, and maybe it's still a long shot, I've liked what I've seen from Dalton Kellett. He's gotten, I think, a raw deal a couple times where he's been taken out in accidents and not of his own doing at both the Glen and Alabama. So if you're looking for maybe one of those uh, upset picks, uh, the Canadian Dalton Kellett in the 41, I think could also be a threat today.
1: Scott Dixon.
5: Learning as far as it goes right now, I'll be curious to see how he compares to – I think he'll easily outrun his teammate, uh, Marcus Erickson, who has struggled in the first two rounds. I don't know if he'll be able to keep up with Rosenquist, but, again, Rosenquist also struggled on the Ovals in real life last year. So even I think the Swede Rosenquist has a lot to uh, prove on when we get to Michigan today.
1: GK, Tony Kanaan.
4: If
5: Tony's going to find a way to make an, a, an impact in these racing events, today would be the race unless there's another oval that's the dream track at the end of this six which could be extended of course if uh, they extend the cancellations because of the pandemic but I'd say if this is the only oval race uh, this is the best chance I think TK has for getting a result
1: let's talk a little bit about a, a war certainly he's not in the
5: greatest of uh, for him after you know the incidents he had a test event i think he got the message at alabama kept his nose clean granted he wasn't a factor uh oliver askew had the top five of the glen got involved in that first lap crash that really i think ruined the day for a lot of people askew was one of them i'll be curious though to see what wickens does he had an outstanding drive finished in the top half of the field top 10 uh, at Alabama last week I think uh, the momentum is riding with him and if he's able to steal another top five uh, I would be I would not be in least bit surprised I think there is one guy that is more excited about running these cars than anybody right now uh, Robert Wickens has to be that guy
1: Graham Rahal makes his first appearance in the I series uh, this week what are your thoughts
5: Uh, He, I believe he was in the first two. Keep in mind, though, on a similar real-life track, last time they ran at Auto Club, he won that race. Now, granted, there is not quite a perfect match in the transfer to that, and obviously the cars are different now. But certainly could drive on a track like this. And again, he's one of those conservative drivers that knows when to stay out of trouble. So if he can keep his nose clean, I think he's another potential factor.
1: I lost my list. James Davidson.
5: Uh, I think right now the emotion factor, I think, really hurt James uh, at the touch event in Indianapolis. I think he was most vocal. Even you thought Will Power was vocal last weekend. James is even more on the vocal side. Uh, I think the mental game uh, needs to be controlled a little bit for James. If he can get his ex and his wits about himself this week, he could be a factor, Because I think he's got more raw talent than I think most people give him credit for. But uh, I think it's between the ears where uh, James has his problems right now. And putting uh, his mind set up and in the right frame of mind, I think, is going to be key to getting a result from him today.
1: Let's talk a little bit about NASCAR. NASCAR obviously is, the, is really kind of the uh, racing team uh, series that brought this iRacing to uh, the world uh, uh, into, into uh, really the way we're watching it now. Let's talk a little bit about NASCAR, where they're at right now, and what are we looking at with the, the NASCAR world? E-NASCAR maybe is what well, they're calling it. I don't believe there's an
5: event this weekend, at least I haven't seen one on the list.
1: I don't I think, think
5: there the is. The next no. time run is next week, and I think it was Richmond, but I don't know that for sure.
1: Yeah, um, we also know that uh, Flossie Johnson, known uh, very well known as the first lady of NASCAR, guys. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Another member that I think was is just a key member, just like her husband Junior was, as far as being involved with. It. I mean, D W certainly thought highly of Flossie and. uh, but again, uh, we've lost a lot of uh, big name people. I heard uh, Ed Kratz say that uh, we lost uh, Tom Dempsey, the Hall of Fame, the superstar kicker, I think uh, honestly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame uh, as far as pro football's concerned. Uh, so yeah, it's a tough time, but again, that's all I got to say you got to be careful with this before we uh, get back up and going uh, full time with all these sports.
1: Talking with Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Um, Matthew, what what are uh, what do you think? How do you think this is going to play out? Because as a sports fan, I know that that we need our fix, but uh, we'll see how, how it all comes together. But when when the dominoes start opening up, and, and, and uh, there's been talks about. There's been talks about uh, the MLB uh, playing uh, doubleheaders and just staying in the state of Arizona. Uh, There's been other different uh, talks of different sports in the way they're doing things. The other thing that we saw yesterday, the XFL has completely canceled their season, laid off most of their staff, and has no plans to return uh, next year, which is unfortunate because I thought that they got off to a good good start, much better than than they did last time, but it appears that the XFL has gone for good. Oh, I
5: think the thing is, though, the fact that they're still running WWE events and broadcasts, I think, tells me that McMahon has uh, his mindset that that's the way he's going to make his money, not with uh, waiting around until the XFL is back up and going at this point. So I think right now this was a more of a money decision uh, with the McMahons and uh, Triple H, Hunter Hurst, Helmsley, and all these guys, uh, that they could make the most money keeping the WWE going, even without the fans. Uh, As opposed to uh, waiting it out and bleeding money, uh, waiting on when, if, and when the XFL would get back up and going, which probably would have been next year anyway, because I don't think being in direct competition with the NFL would have done them any good anyway. But uh, I think right now, money talks, especially with the McMahons and their job, and that's why they keep the WWE going. It's been so successful, is turning a profit, and they could turn a profit without that, even without the fans. I mean, I think they said, I read somewhere, they said WrestleMania 36 this past weekend was the most uh, watched WrestleMania ever uh, for that uh, industry. And that says a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. But I guess it also, you know, we got to relate to that fact that there's no other sports on, on and people are, are watching it. We'll see. I'm not a WWE fan, se I don't watch a lot of that. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, it'd be. In. Go ahead. What'd you say?
5: Yeah, I got sucked into it last night. I'll admit it.
1: It's easy to get sucked into a lot of stuff. Have, have you got sucked into any of these binging shows? I mean, I'm on, all, I'm all over the board. But my most recent one uh, that I'm on is uh, is uh, Amish Mafia. <laughs> are you binging on any a shows?
5: Of, a, lot of, a lot of YouTube stuff and a lot of stuff on antenna TV. I watched a lot of Cagney and Lacey, uh, Archie sure. Bunker's Place, a Three's Company, Cold Case. No. So those are I've been here, there, and everywhere. So yeah,
1: I like yeah, it. I mean,
5: antenna TV. Able all the, you're able to access all these obscure channels, the .2s and .3s, and it actually pretty good stuff on some of those channels.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of antenna TV. I, I, I'm a big fan of the of the uh, classic uh, television shows. That, that, that's for sure. Been known to. To watch, uh, you know, Andy Griffith, Beverly Hillbillies, <laughs> and all those. Matthew Embry, WSBT, up in South Bend. Thank you for joining us uh, here at Podcast Overtime. We're going to be doing our our uh, mock draft next week. You're more than welcome to join us. We're going to try to uh, push this out for two hours next week and get everybody on deck. So if you want to join the mock draft next week, you can. We won't be talking racing next week, but you're more than more than welcome. But what are your thoughts on our? our we were talking about this earlier. In the first two to go are going to be quarterbacks. And we just feel like did Joe Burrow is definitely going to go to the Bengals. There's no way that they're going to get rid of that pick. And, then, and so the Dolphins are, wanted to, were, want Tua so bad, they traded all the way up from five to two uh, with the Redskins uh, so that they, they – it looks like they're just pretty much locked in uh, with uh, Tua, and they're going to be doing the uh, virtual draft. So uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming draft in two weeks? Well, I think that just
5: says uh, what uh, people don't want to deal with, and that's Daniel Snyder at Washington. I think that's why they're almost stuck with the idea they're going to have to start Dwayne Haskins as their starter because you just don't have the say and you really don't have the, uh, you know, control. I think Dallas is going to start having that problem the longer Jerry Jones has complete control of everything there, and it's the same way in Washington with Daniel Snyder. And uh, until that changes, I think you're going to see both of those franchises flounder. And, dare I say, maybe the level that the Bengals have uh, with Mike Brown running everything there, too.
1: Matthew Embry, uh, where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y. And, again, I know a lot
5: of people did not like my concert, Connor Daly. You're free to your opinion. But, please, guys – you use GIFs or you use uh, bad language to communicate to me, uh, I will not return your answers. But I am willing to uh, defend myself as I did uh, last night and even this morning. But, again, watch the language,
1: please. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have yourself a a good uh, week on the Corona Island. Happy Easter, Tom. You too, buddy. Matthew Embry joins us. Thank you, guys, for joining us. Uh, We are going to have to wrap it up, call it a day, uh, as we get back and jump onto our Corona Island. So glad that you guys are with us. Make sure you follow us on T-Balance and uh, Facebook as well. Just search The Balance, and uh, you can follow us there and just, you know, hey, hang out with us. We're going to get through this on the other side. I promise you this is not the end of the world. Remember, don't drink and drive. If it didn't cool, I'm out of here, deuces.